Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, welcome back to the B Powerhouse podcast. This is our our fiftieth podcast, so I guess we have to go big or go home here. But uh, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the the manager of BT Powerhouse, and excited to to chat some Big Ten hoops. It is uh, the afternoon, at least for us on the East Coast, the afternoon here um, on Christmas Eve uh, during the the holiday season here. Um, I, I was kind of toying with the idea of of posting some kind of thoughts here on the Big Ten, how things are shaping up. But um, I decided, hey, I haven't done a podcast in a while. Got a little bit behind on that with all the chaos that, that comes with the uh, uh, the time of the year. But but we're back uh, getting a podcast here. You know, for those of you traveling, hopefully it uh, makes your traveling a little nicer. And, you know, if you're just hanging around with the family, uh, uh, I guess you'll have something to listen to or hopefully – but, but again, I'm Thomas Bendit, and uh, let's just let's just jump into this. Uh, we don't have any guests today, so I'm just going to kind of roll through the Big Ten here and, and what's been going on. Um, the the big thing to start from just a broad perspective, um, you know, for those I'm sure who have been following certain teams, um, this has been a very erratic <laughs> erratic year so far, um, and. The big, the big example I use, you know, a perfect example, you know, team wise is Ohio State. You know, the Buckeyes started the season, you know, in really rough fashion. Um, you know, they lose three of their first five home games, they lose four of their first six games, and they're sitting at two and four. Um, you know, they win two more, and then they they get blown out by UConn on the road, and they're sitting at four and five in mid December, you know, really a team that people are writing off, you know, selling selling to no other. Um they come back, they win three games, including a massive upset of Kentucky uh in New York, and really, you know, got new life, you know, a team that has new life now. But, you know, they're really indicative of how this whole Big Ten season is gone. You know, one week a team will be on top of the world. And the next week, you know, they're losing to Samford at home or they're losing to Monmouth at home. Um, you know, Ohio State lost to Louisiana Tech and uh, Texas Arlington at home. So, I mean, it's been a – it's been crazy, to say the least. Um, you know, it, it hasn't all been bad, you know, as Ohio State, you know, beat Kentucky. It's been a, it's been a real mix. Um, I do think, you know, in terms of, you know, if we're talking strength and weakness – you know, conference comparisons, you know, everybody likes to talk about who's the best conference, um, who's trending up, who's trending down. Um, I definitely think the Big Ten looks weaker than we kind of anticipated before the season, but it's still it's still a solid conference. You know, it's really the upsets have really killed things so far. But, um, you know, Ken Palm still has it as the third strongest conference. Um, I think it I, I tend to agree with that. I think the ACC has a bit of an edge and I think the Big 12 just from top to bottom, it is the strongest conference this year. But, um, but yeah, it you know again, it hasn't all been bad. It hasn't all been good. It's just been kind of up and down for everyone all over the place. But, um, you know, I, I guess to kind of spin off of that, I kind of wanted to go through the conference, kind of how I see it, how things are sort of shaping up a little bit. Um, you know, starting right at the top, I think, uh, you know, if, if you want to talk about, you know, the Big Ten and sort of tiers. Uh, so to speak, I think the um, 
the top tier has three teams right now, and those teams are Maryland, Michigan State, Purdue. I think those teams have separated themselves. I think they've all played well. Um, you know, statistically speaking, Maryland's probably the weakest of the three. But even then, the Terps, the Terps have been coming on lately. And you know, considering how well Maryland plays at home, I absolutely think the Terps can win the Big Ten. You know, as they were predicted to do before the season, but. I think between those three, it's going to be a really fun battle. Um, I think all three are serious contenders, you know, to go deep in March, to be honest. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that I think any of them is going to win the national championship or, or even make the final four. You know, it's it's always a, a game that far uh, into the tournament. But I think you have three really good teams that can really contend for for big things, um, you know, Purdue, obviously everything starts up front with A.J. Hammonds, Isaac Haas, and uh, Caleb Swanigan, you know, Michigan State. I know Denzel Valentine's out right now, but you know, probably the national player of the year. And then Maryland, you know, from top to bottom, uh, very well could be the, the most talented team in the country. Uh, you know, you have Mel Trimble in the backcourt, Jake Lehman on the wing, um, Robert Carter, Diamond Stone up front. I think you have three teams that are very, very good. I think those teams have shown that they have a leg up on everyone else in the Big Ten. And and frankly, I'd be, I'd be pretty shocked if one of those teams did not win the Big Ten uh, regular season title this year. But, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I see the top sorting out. The next phase, I think you have um, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan in some order. Um, I would call them kind of, I would call them tier two teams. Um, you know, Iowa looks solid. They've also let a couple games slip away. I, I'm curious to see kind of how they, they deal when they face some of the, the higher end teams. I know they played against Iowa State well, but obviously they had the, the late game collapse. And really, you know, I wrote about this earlier this week um, for uh, today's U, but Indiana and Michigan have been very similar this year. I know. Indiana and Michigan fans will will really hate that that comparison, but really, you know, they both they both have one solid win. They haven't beaten any great teams. They've blown out some other teams, and they've really been pretty underwhelming away from home, uh, both of them. But I think uh, I think they're sitting in per- pretty similar places, and and where I think they sit is, I think both are pretty safe bets to make the NCAA tournament, but I don't think either is a safe bet at all to even make it to the second weekend. But I think both are solid teams. I think both are top 40 teams, but it'll be interesting to see how that sorts out. I think those three teams are battling for fourth, you know, maybe third if things fall, you know, perfectly. But I think that's where you're going to see those three teams. Um, Sort of my tier 2B, I would say, is Northwestern. Um, You know, I've written about this as well. I don't think you can really say whether Northwestern is good or bad right now. You know, it's a, they're a complete question mark. They played one good team. They lost, they were competitive against North Carolina when they played them, but really, really haven't played anybody. You you can't get a feel on, on where that team is. So um, I just due to that and the fact that they've played some of those games against, you know, Columbia, DePaul, uh, Virginia Tech, really tight. Um, I wouldn't put them just a tad behind Iowa, Indiana, Michigan. Um, behind those three, what I would put as my tier three, I think are Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois. I think those three teams in some order are going to finish there. You know, barring the Northwestern, you know, question mark, 
because you know Northwestern could be a lot weaker than we than we think. We'll have to we'll have to wait to see on them. But uh, really, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois have sort of all been similar as well. You know, comparing to that Indiana, Michigan situation. But all three have lost some tough games. All three have looked solid in some games, and um, they do. All three do seem to be starting to come into their own now, which which will be really big. With Big Ten player just a <laughs> a few days away, um, and then finally, I think you have your bottom groups. I think uh, Penn State, Nebraska, I would put sort of off on their own, and then Minnesota a notch below Penn State, Nebraska, and then way down Rutgers. Um, I won't talk about these teams as much. Just you know, I, I don't think anybody's really expecting much out of them. I think. You know, before Nebraska lost to Sanford, I was really a big fan of what the Cornhuskers were doing, but their resume is just it's just really weak now. Um, Penn State does look like they're starting to trend up a little, um, and and out of my out of those four teams, I think Penn State is the one that's most likely to upset uh, some top teams in the Big Ten. I think they're going to get a couple upsets, but none of those teams I really expect to uh, to even make the NIT or, or even make a serious run. But um, but Penn State is one I, I, I would keep a little bit of an eye on. But moving on from that, uh, a couple couple tidbits I kind of wanted to jump into here uh, on, the, on the podcast since we've been away. The first is the whole Bull Ryan situation, you know, for those who – haven't been following the news, I guess. Uh, Wisconsin's longtime head coach, Bill Ryan, uh, decided to hang it up and step away. He did a, a very unusual mid-season retirement. Um, I know Steve Spurrier for, for South Carolina football did a similar thing, but um, a pretty rare event. Um, and on top of that, you know, he did it on like a Tuesday night against Texas A&M Corpus Christian. You know, not a not a game you would typically anticipate, you know, would be the last game for a really a Hall of Fame level coach, but but you know that's that's what happened. He decided to step down. Um, I guess to kind of give my my thoughts on it, um, you know, I Bo Ryan's sort of drawn some criticism for this decision. You know, I I think all Wisconsin fans do realize that he's a very high level coach. He's you know, I'll, I'll say it, he's the best coach Wisconsin's ever had. He's certainly the most successful. Um, that's ever been in Madison, you know, he's, he's sort of earned his status at the school, but a lot of people feel, you know, I shouldn't say a lot of people, the critics feel that, um, you know, maybe Bo Ryan wouldn't have done this, you know, if his team was in the top 25 looked like, you know, it was like last year's team, you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, some people are saying this is a move to get his assistant our former assistant, I should say, Greg Garden, um, who is conveniently now the the interim head coach. Um, the first point I would say is I don't agree at all that he's only doing this because Wisconsin is, you know, they're eight and five and they aren't looking outstanding. I think Bo Ryan hinted pretty strongly last summer, or really last spring, that he wanted to retire. I I really think this is something he's been thinking about for a while, and. Um, there's a lot of off off the court stuff that happened with with Greg Gard um, last summer, but I think Bo Ryan has wanted to retire for quite some time, and I think he thought this was the right time. Um, so I, I don't really buy into the well, if the team's good, he wouldn't have done it. The other point, um, which a lot of the critics are making, is that this was all a ploy for him to get Greg Gard the interim job. 
I do agree with. I absolutely do. I, I think this is a move to force Barry Alvarez and the athletic department to give guard a legitimate chance and get him some time in the program, you know, see what he can do on the recruiting trail, see what he, you know, how this program is trending, you know, in March, in April, when theoretically they would look for a, a new head coach. So I, I do buy that. I, this is really one of those situations I can see both sides, you know, I think Bo Ryan should have a right to be involved in the decision process on the next coach. But at the same time, you know, Barry Alvarez shouldn't have to just commit, <laughs> you know, himself to to guard because, you know, there are some big names out there that might be interested in the job. The big one, obviously, Tony Bennett from Virginia. He has a background in Wisconsin. You know, there are some questions about, you know, will he come back? Will he not? Um, I, I think if you're Alvarez, I, I've said this a couple of times, I think you have to kick the tires. You have to give him at least a look. You got to chat to him, um, you know, because Virginia right now is a, they're a legitimate top five program nationally. They're they're winning, you know, ACC titles. They're they're contending, you know, for Final Fours, so on and so forth. Um, or at least generally speaking, they are. Um, so I think you have to at least at least kick the tires on it. At least give him a chance. At least talk to him. You know, if he's not interested, then, then yeah, I, I think you do go with guard. I think he has the the background, and and really, I think he has the support of the the players, and and obviously, <laughs> the former coach, arguably the the best coach you've ever had. So, I think uh, it's an interesting situation, but I I can understand both sides, and you know, ultimately, I think next season, I think guard is the head coach. You know, and for opening tip. But uh, it'll be interesting to follow because nobody's quite sure about Bennett. Um, you know, he may or may not have interest. I don't think anyone's really looked into it, frankly, because it hasn't. Nobody really thought Bo Ryan would suddenly retire in the middle of the season. So that'll that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Um, a couple other things I just wanted to touch on. You know, the first um, Michigan State, they're number one in the country. Um, Really, they're a the favorites to win the conference. Um, and and one other thing I did want to mention, I put up an impromptu poll on Twitter, you know, asking people who they thought would win the Big Ten. Got a lot of a lot of responses, and and my options were Maryland, Michigan State, Purdue, and other, meaning you know, um, all eleven other teams in the Big Ten. And the results: Michigan State led with thirty eight percent of the vote, and then Purdue and other were tied at twenty two percent, and Maryland had eighteen percent. So. Michigan State, not only number one, but also the the Big Ten favorite, at least according to my my Twitter followers, so to speak. Um, but the first thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, you get a lot of questions anytime a team goes to number one. Are they legit number one? Do they deserve to be there? You know, is this just kind of, well, we got to rank someone number one. You know, is it one of those situations or is Michigan State legit? And you know, I have a, a two-part response to this. I think the first the first thing you have to acknowledge is that rankings generally are just chaotic. You know, half the people are vo- voting under this premise, half are voting under this premise. Um, and what I mean by that is, if you're saying, is Michigan State the number one team in the country in terms of quality? On the court, are they the best team? Personally, I don't agree with that. I don't think they are. Um, I know Oklahoma had a battle last night, but Personally, I think Oklahoma is the best team. And especially when you're talking, you know, a couple months from now, potentially, 
I, I don't think Michigan State's that top team in the country, you know, the most talent, so on and so forth. You know, I frankly, I think Maryland has more talent than Michigan State this year. But, you know, that's a discussion for another time. But if you're saying on the court performance-wise, I don't think Michigan State's the top team. Now, if you're saying resume-wise, yes, I think Michigan State has the strongest resume of any team in the country. And I absolutely think if you're voting according to resume, they are the top team. So I, I think this is a team that, they they absolutely deserve to be ranked number one, and what I mean by that is, you know, if if you're there's it's totally reasonable. You know, there's no problem with putting Michigan State at one. I again, I don't think they are, you know, basket for basket the best team in the country, um, or whatever you know term you want to use there. But um, I don't have a problem with them being number one at all. You know, especially they're maintaining it now. It will be interesting to see how they play without Valentine. You know, they, they were in a battle with Oakland last night, and now they get a pretty a pretty tough Iowa team on the road. So that'll be that'll be a really interesting game. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a problem with them being at number one, and um, you know they're they're in good shape to to back it up here over the next month or two. Um, and then and then the last the last thing I really wanted to to touch on um, was a couple of the the teams that are really underachieving you know i i know i sort of went through the big 10 <laughs> to start off with here but um i did want to hit on a, just a couple of those teams um before before i take off this will, this will be a little bit of a short podcast but um i did want to get something out there um the, the big one i i wanted to hit on was illinois um you know depending on who you talk to illinois has either been horrible this year frustrating underwhelming you know it, it all depends, but um, the Illini, they won last night on Wednesday, um, Christmas Eve Eve, <laughs> against Missouri in the in the bragging rights game, uh, 68-63. They're now 8-5 and five overall, and, you know, for an Illinois team to finish non-conference play at 8-5, and five, I know that's not going to excite Illinois fans. I know they're, they're not sitting there going, yeah, you know, <laughs> we're in perfect position and so on. Um, especially when you consider they don't really have any good wins. You know, their best win might be Yale. And I don't think people are exactly bragging about that as a great win. Um, But this resume actually isn't that bad for Illinois. Um, You know, they're, I believe they're, um, what are they? Four, five, six, seven, seven and two, or no, six and two since Kendrick Nunn is back. They've been playing well. They played Iowa State tough. They played Notre Dame tough. Um, and I know neither of those teams looks like a top five team right now, but you know, they've they've been playing much better. And again, I know they're playing tight games, but for a bubbleish team coming into the year, I, I think they they've looked that way since none has come back. But um their worst loss is probably the North Florida loss. They're one thirty nine on Ken Palm right now. Um Providence is thirty eight. They lost there on the road, Chattanooga 107, um, you know, and then obviously the Iowa State and Notre Dame games. But I don't think that I, – I don't think this is a damning resume is, I guess, my point, so to speak. You know, absolutely they're going to have to win some games. And, you know, they have two really big ones if they – if they're going to have any chance at the NIT, any chance at well, any chance at the NCAA tournament, they definitely have a chance at the NIT. Um, but they get Michigan at home, Ohio State on the road. You know, 
they have to split. You got to split those, um, especially because they follow that up with a road trip to East Lansing and then they play Purdue at home. So those are probably two losses. So you need to finish, you know, at least one and three in that stretch. And then after that, again, it's, it's one of those things where the Big Ten, that middle group is not as strong this year. And there are a lot of winnable games, a lot of beatable teams. So I think, I think that's something to, to keep an eye on for Illinois. I, I know they haven't looked great. I know they haven't looked perfect, but I think that's a team that if chips fall right, could really, could really trend up, you know, again, if, if things fall right. And I'm not saying they will, you know, I, I honestly have a feeling they're going to lose maybe the first four in big 10 play, but um, that is, that is a team that, you know, they, they really struggled to open the season, but I, I think could do some damage, but, but with that, um, I realize this is sort of a rush podcast, a little short here, but I wanted to get something out there uh, for all of you listeners. Um, and outside of that, you know, Merry Christmas and everyone have a good time. I'm sure I'm trying to get another one back in the weekend um, and we'll have a couple of guests on to, to chat about the next couple of weeks. But, but yeah, after that, you know, thanks to everyone for, for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time and, and enjoy your holidays.